Bellring Brand's growth storm is further strengthening from the recent performance of Diamantized Nutrition. But what takes the active nutrition brand portfolio to the next level? As I normally do with these quarterly earnings breakdown pieces of content, I will be utilizing the recently filed earnings report. I also listened to the earnings conference call and collected any publicly disclosed information that would be relevant to not only providing you guys an update with Bellring Brands, but also be a backdrop to discuss some more broader active nutrition trends within the liquids, powders, and nutritional bars formats. So let's just kind of run down some initial financial data, start with top line revenue. If you guys remember Bellring Brands, they work off of a fiscal year, so they're not on a calendar year. So this is actually their quarter two. This quarter they had net sales of $282.1 million. That was up 10% year over year, but it was flat quarter over quarter. Now, if we take that sales number and look at it by brand within the portfolio, Premier Protein, which is the largest component of Bellring Brands, I think it's 84% of the total revenue right now. Net sales of that brand was up 8%, volumes were up 7%. And if you just look at the Protein RTDs section of Premier Protein, those were up 18% year over year and associated volumes were up 23% year over year. As I mentioned in the introduction, Diamantized Nutrition had another great quarter. Their net sales were up 16% year over year. The volumes were up 10% off of some strong performance with e-commerce, club, and mass channels. And they also had growth in their international channel as well. And if you do take out the international business, the brand grew 24% year over year. If you're interested in hearing some more of the underlying drivers of what is causing the rebound for Diamantized Nutrition, I actually covered a ton of least my perspective or my opinion of what's happening there in the last Bellring Brands video. If you haven't watched that one, I'll pop it up for you guys here. But just to round out the rest of the Bellring Brands portfolio, this will be the collection of Power Bar, Supreme Protein, and Joint Juice. The net sales of those brands were down 7% year over year. Now the Supreme Protein brand will no longer be a part of the Bellring Brands portfolio after they sell through all their revenue. Management has finalized its plan to discontinue the brand and that was originally announced in December of 2020. Now I'm not exactly sure what the long-term plans are for the Supreme Protein intellectual property. I don't know if Post or Bellring Brands really wants to hold on to it or not. Well, I would say that if any active nutrition entrepreneurs or anybody that's looking to potentially pick up a rather unique brand name, something that could have a ton of maybe potential if you have the right strategic plan and you know how to execute in the market, it could have some value to the right person. want to cover the sales by product, protein RTDs, are the dominant part of the portfolio. That's 82% of their sales right now. Powders made up 13% and then the nutritional bars slash other made up 5%. We look at sales by channel. You had club that made up 56% of the revenue that was actually down 2% from the last report. 
Food, drug, and mass made up 24%. That was up 2% from the last report. And then the other channels, e-commerce, specialty, and other, they stayed consistent with the last report with e-commerce being 11% of the total sales, specialty being 7% of sales, and other being 2% of the sales. Looking at this by territory, this is still a US dominant brand that makes up 89% of the sales. International makes up 11%. Since the premier protein RTDs do make up a large majority of Bellring brands total sales, I do wanna kinda of cover a little bit deeper on the numbers there. Overall, the RTD liquids category of convenient nutrition has shown strong growth and trending above recent historical growth rates. This has helped Premier Protein see strong growth across all major track channels, including grocery, which was up 60%. This did decelerate a little bit from last quarter. Mass was up 59%, which saw huge increases compared to the last quarter. Club was up 4%. This is their largest channel, so it's the most mature, and there was a really bad comparable. This was the quarter where tons of stock up was happening in the club channel since that was kind of the first sales channel to see a lot of the COVID-19 pantry loading. So that might be part of the reason why you're seeing decelerated year-over-year growth rates on that channel. The drug channel was up 3% and that was fairly neutral from a comparative standpoint. Looking at this from digital sales, e-commerce grew close to 60% year-over-year. That is decelerating from last year. And then over the last 52 weeks, e-commerce has grown 115% year over year. If we look at this from consumption trends, there was a quarterly consumption gain of 28% year over year for the protein RTDs, the growth in the RTD liquid subcategory of convenient nutrition and the strength of the premier protein brand has helped them grow total distribution points to company records in the reported quarter. So they were up 17% quarter over quarter and 55% year over year with strong results in food, drug, and mass. We look at household penetration for the Premier Protein brand. It is at 7.4%, an increase of 12% year over year. The brand continues to have strong upside with household penetration of 24% in the RTD liquids category of convenient nutrition and 51% within the convenient nutrition category overall. Premier Protein's market share continues to grow, reaching 20% of total RTD liquids category of convenient nutrition. I talked a ton about the net sales part of this, but I wanted to cover the cost side and kind of what's happening, you know, regardless of what industry in which you work in and what you follow or maybe you're passionate about, you know what's going on right now across the globe with just a ton of the supply chain costs going up with inflation. And Bellring Brands is not immune to any of that. Their gross margin percentage for the quarter was 30.8. That was down 350 basis points year over year. Primarily that's coming from higher milk-based protein costs, also the freight associated with those, and then also a lower net selling price, which has to do with some of the promotional activity that they have going on now. Now that element there, they really have a little bit more control of that latter part there with the promotional costs. And Bellring Brands is keeping those elevated because they believe this is currently like a land grab of 
the categories in which they're in. So they are sacrificing short-term gross margin for attracting more market share. And they think long-term, that's a better game plan. Now to offset some of these inflationary costs, Bellring brands, like pretty much every large CPG portfolio, is going to be raising prices. Those are going to be hitting retailers, which retailers are ultimately going to have to pass those on to consumers, and those should be hitting within this next quarter for Bellring brands. Wanted to give a little bit of like capitalization updates. Haven't given much updates on that since like COVID-19 started about a year ago. But of that 40 or 50 million dollars that Bellring brands is going to lose on the gross margin side, they're actually going to recapture about 15 to 20% of that with some of the things that they did on the capitalization side. They were able to complete a opportunistic repricing of their large loan when they spun off the business from post holding. So about $636 million um, of a term loan there. They were able to get an amended interest rate and that became lower. So their carrying cost on interest expense is going to be lowered about $8 million a year. And then additionally, as of March 31st, of 2021, Bellring Brands had a little over $33 million in cash and cash equivalents. They also had a revolving credit facility that still had about $200 million available to them. So they are more than okay right now from a capitalization standpoint. Mentioning in the introduction, you know, what's going to ultimately bring the next phase of growth for Bellring Brands, want to cover like the four pillars of their strategic plan for Bellring Brands. The first one is a around household penetration. And I talked a little bit about that earlier, but Premier Protein is going to be a standalone billion dollar sales brand in 2022. And that fact, though impressive, the scariest part is that the RTD protein shake category is still very much in the early stages of consumer adoption. That being said, the category has seen really strong growth. Strong growth really brings in competition, which sometimes could be a bad thing, but in a lot of cases, especially when you have a low household penetration category, it can be a really good thing because you're bringing in competition that's going to bring in new eyeballs. They're gonna have more marketing dollars. It's gonna be one of those things where the high tides lift all boats type of a scenario here. So if Premier Protein can sustain or even grow their market share in the upcoming years, they are gonna be in an extremely advantageous position to take advantage of some of the things that are happening with consumer adoption of the category. The second pillar is around distribution. Both Premier Protein and Diamatize have seen significant distribution gain over the last few periods. That is coming from both existing channels and new channels. And while these gains in their distribution have been impressive, if you just look at like a competitor over a competitor of equal kind of market share, market weight. You have Premier Protein that tends to have about seven and a half placements on a average retailer shelf and that main competitor has 13. So there's still a ton of opportunity for the Premier Protein brand specifically to really grow across a lot of their channels as they get additional placements. And a really great example is that Premier Protein, the powdered version, as 
they've gotten a larger amount of distribution, they've actually seen a ton of consumption gain of 144% year over year. The third pillar is around innovation. I think Bellring Brands overall has done a lot of like blocking and tackling basic innovation, doing a ton of flavor variants. They've had success there. Cafe Latte and the Cinnamon Bun, if it's available in retailers, it tends to be in the top 15% of that category. Also the new chocolate peanut butter that they just launched online has done extremely well. You look at maybe some of the size variants that's done extremely well in the mass channel. And they've also done some different line extensions, but that can only get you so far. You're gonna have to look at different use occasions. Maybe you're gonna have to look at some opportunities to maybe you're outside of the core offerings right now. And leadership at Bellring Brands has kind of a tip their hat or alluded to maybe what they're thinking about with what they're calling a very interesting product launch that they're hoping to get out before the end of the year. And this is gonna be a new use occasion. I would guess it's gonna be something around the post afternoon type of consumption, something maybe around sleep or relaxation. But whatever Premier Protein launches next, it will benefit from the fact that they understand great taste needs to lead and that will help them with educating on the functionality or new use occasion. And then the final pillar is around international expansion. This has been kind of tough over the last year because of COVID, but Bellring Brands, their portfolio is as I mentioned earlier, only about 11% of their sales come from international, but this last quarter, they've actually saw some really strong growth of 32% year over year. And the company believes there's going to be more opportunities for them to grow in the future. And this should unlock a ton of additional revenue for the company. Just wanna end on something I kind of mentioned in the last video, and this is just kind of the thought or the reimagination of the portfolio in five years from now, so in 2026. And I think that the Premier Protein brand will still be far and away the keystone part of Bellring Brands. I think in five years, this brand could grow to upwards of $2 billion in sales, which sounds a little insane, but I think if they continue their growth rates where they're at now and maybe even reach a little bit farther, they're gonna be able to get there. Of the other existing brands, I think the only one they kind of keep along the next five years is going to be Diamondize. I think that one also doubles or almost triples, so 200 to $300 million, depending on how they're able to unlock the growth consistently with new distribution and in new channels outside of the historical legacy specialty retail channel. And then I think they have to go out and look at mergers and acquisitions. I think they'll be looking at over the next five years, two very significant ones. Those are gonna make up a good portion of their sales. I think the first one will ultimately make somewhere around that $500 million mark will become the second biggest brand. It will be focused on plant-based. And then another product will likely get them to not be so heavy on beverage and get them back into maybe the food forms, maybe towards breakfast occasions or something like that. I think that could be a two or $300 million brand. So together, this could be something where the portfolio in 2021 goes from you know, 1.1, 1.2 billion to upwards of 3 billion in five years. But I don't think Bellring Brands is going to be 
extremely aggressive unless they find the right deals. I think the diamondized growth really has shifted their need for mergers and acquisitions activity to get growth right now in terms of like the investor community looking for their growth and shifting that mindset from it would be nice to have over we must have that. But I think only time will tell on how this all kind of plays out for Bell Ring Brands. It's going to be extremely interesting to watch. I think there's a ton of competition moving into the protein RTDs category. Will Premier Protein continue to be one of the strongest market leaders or will some of that competition start to erode it away? Will private labels start to really figure out how to keep a consistent great product on shelf? We'll kind of see, but I think this is a very interesting company to continue to pay attention to.